0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. It is your host, Jenna. I am here today with Rhoda Mason out of Sacramento, California with Distinct Physique Fitness. How are you doing today, Rhoda? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I always like to say thank you to the gym owners that come and join us because I think, you know, I know how busy it can be in the day-to-day of the gym owner life in the midst of everything else in our personal lives um, to set time aside to come and contribute to a platform like this, um, you know, because it's super valuable for the listeners that are in your own industry. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Sweet. Okay. First thing I want to do today, Rhoda, is let's paint the picture lay out the scene for the listeners to fully understand you know what got you into the industry and what has led you to where you're at now currently 2022 okay so
2: um well, after my divorce back in 2000 uh 2003 um i was just looking for a second job just at had a full-time job at center where i still currently work and i just wanted to get out there and um just meet people you know and i thought Second job, meet people at a gym, whatever. Um, so I was working at the front desk and I was there for a couple of years. Um, but people started asking me to train them, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I got know to train myself, and I was just getting into it myself. Um, I used to be super overweight, super depressed, high anxiety. Um, and so I was just on my own personal journey of getting fit and getting healthy. Um, And I struggled with that a lot. And so once people started coming to me and say, hey, train me, I'm like, who am I to train you? I'm just barely getting it myself. But um, so I decided to get certified. I found that I absolutely loved helping people because I could bring my own experience to it. Um, It took a while, you know, to really learn the different. you know different people they come with different ages different chronic diseases or the athletes right so um i really had to get my education in place so i could help them the best i could without hurting them yeah. um, i went back to college and I, I studied a human um services management which gave me the human side of why we do what we do, the psychology. And um, I knew from my own experience, my overweightness wasn't because I was lazy. It wasn't um, because I didn't want it. It was I couldn't get out of the depression. I didn't have the resources. Um, I didn't grow up in an environment. I didn't even know what a gym was until I was an adult. You know, Um, kids nowadays don't even have PE anymore. And so that's something that I know is a huge problem in a lot of people's lives. So I wanted to create a place where people knew i understood that and through my experience most women wouldn't want to go to a big box gym they didn't know what to do they were um scared you know they didn't want to be like what i went through i joined a gym for two years and went maybe once or twice and couldn't get off the treadmill because i was like why am i here i don't know what i'm doing and everyone's looking I was kind of ashamed. Um, so I wanted a place where people were comfortable coming to yeah. me. So, that's- no, and,
1: I, and I totally get that, especially in the beginning stages of the fitness world. You know, I think back to when I got in the beginning of my journey. And if I would have had someone give me a game plan or a workout program or something that broke down the equipment and what what to use, you know, and I probably would have felt a lot more confident rather than just aimlessly going into the gym and same thing, scared to get off the treadmill because everything was so intimidating. So I can really get behind that for sure. So that's awesome. Um, Now, okay, let's touch on this now um, at the facility. What services are we offering? You know, if I were to come to you with the interest of joining, you know, what, what would you tell me?
2: Um, so I do group fitness classes and I do one on one training. Um, I do specialize in Spartan obstacle course training. I am certified with them as well, um, but I also do nutrition planning as well. Um, so kind of a whole package. Um, a lot of people like the group training just because the, the community Then you know, everyone's together. Um, but if it's someone who is just starting out, I like to do the one on ones and just so I can hone in on them and help them, you know, individually.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I think group classes are great. Same thing that you said there. It's that community feeling, the family feeling. You look forward to seeing the same people. Um, There's an element of competition, camaraderie, you know, that makes it really fun. You know, then there's some people that maybe in the group class, they're like, man, my squat's just not where I want it to be or whatever it may be. And then you're able to ascend them up into one-on-one and give them that more intimate hands-on style of training that really suits their specific goal, where sometimes it's hard to suit everybody and what they need in a group class, right? Um, Because you look around and it's like, oh, so-and-so probably needs this. And then so-and-so needs this. One-on-one gives that ability. And then of (laughs) course- You and I both know how important nutrition is, but it's very interesting, you know, you you notice, I'm sure a lot of newbies that come in don't really know the difference between a carb, a fat, a protein, and it's all, it's a confusing time. So, um, that's awesome. Now, um, right now, how many current members do we have?
2: I have about 24 members, um, I also do zoom so there's some people that just can't come in or they're also still too afraid to come in and they can just stay in the comfort of their home, so I do that as well. So
1: yeah that's huge and I think I think COVID definitely really brought that out, you know, because one because well gyms weren't open but two, um, It's like a lot of businesses realize oh hey this is a gap in the market that I didn't really hone in on before because yes. I can touch base with people, maybe in a different state or someone that doesn't want to drive an hour and a half to get to the facility or whatever it may be, it really opens up the doors for, you know, use you a business owner. So yeah. that's awesome. So we're sitting at 24 members right now. What's the square footage of the facility?
2: uh the workout space is about a thousand square feet um i do have access to outside so i have um some obstacle obstacles i've built um we also have a track that we can access so we're outside a lot too so yeah
1: no that's great that probably like fuels your your spartan racing passion to be able to go outside (laughs) that's awesome okay sweet so something that i like to kind of dive into next is you know I'm sure we're not opposed to growing, helping more people in return, making more money, which, again, goes back into helping our clients. Um, So what are we actively doing right now to, you know, increase the membership count or ultimately grow, I should say?
2: Right now, um, I've just been doing social media advertising. So Instagram, Facebook and word of mouth. Um, I've done some email campaigns, um, haven't really seen a whole lot of feedback from that. Um, So right now, that's all I'm doing.
1: Yep. And, you know, I say this probably every episode because I think it's important to say is I'm always going to edify word of mouth. You know what I mean? Because it's great. Um, And we're naturally always going to have that. We can never really stop word of mouth. Um, You know, it's pretty cool because a lot of our OG clients that we've had maybe since day one. We'll go out to church or the grocery store or tell a friend, you know, about how much they love the facility and they're almost going out and being our natural salesman without even really realizing they're doing it, right? Yeah. So, you know, by the time they show up to you, you're just signing them up and it's usually a quick and swift process, which is really, yeah. nice, you know, um, but, you know, on the flip end of it, word of mouth can, of course, be a slow trickle. You know, yeah. as much as we hope our members go out and we're the first thing they tell everybody, we can't really control that. You know, we can never really speed it up and we can never really slow it down. Right. It's like its own thing. Um, Yeah. So I wanted to pick your brain on, you know, so were you doing Facebook advertising, Instagram? Is that correct? Both
2: of those. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I always like to ask, you know, when you were, when you were running those ads, how many new faces on average, were we probably seeing monthly from those?
2: Honestly, um, not not even one a month. It wasn't anything. Um, I get most of my people when I hold events for Spartan or um, I do running events. So I'll just do like a meet up. Hey, we're gonna go run this trail or this. Out in tahoe and i'll have 20 people show up and more than half are just brand new people and so i'll get people that way versus just straight advertising yeah and and i
1: always exactly i always tell people i'm like hey if you can do events if you can hone in on your referral based system you know it's crazy a lot of people live off of word of mouth but they don't actually track how many people are coming in off of referral or who who brought them in um, so that's really important. All, I always say, always hone in on those. And, you know, and I think what you said is interesting and good for the listeners to, to hear on this is, yeah, I ran ads and I probably saw maybe one person and they didn't go the way that I wanted, which is pretty common for most people. And then what happens from there, usually we become gun shy to ever try it again, because it's like ugh, our first experience with it was not beautiful. Um, and, and I'll share with you, and I've shared this on other episodes, but I have two rules of thumb, if you thumbs, if you will, about marketing. (laughs) Um, And the first one is I always say, okay, cool. Like if you're going to make that leap and like, okay, I know I need to speed lead flow up. I need more people in here. Find an expert. And I always say, when you find an expert, that doesn't just mean a local expert or someone that says they have a marketing degree. I mean, someone that's like an expert in your industry, right? They understand the fitness industry, They know your mission. They're willing to understand your mission as an owner, um, to keep your brand awareness. Right. Um, and they have proven time over time success. Yeah. Um, and that, you know what I mean? So the second rule of thumb that I feel like has to go with that is if, you know, you find an expert and they're promising you all this success. One, you want them to follow through with that, but two (laughs) is that we should be at least, I always say bare minimum getting like a three to one return. Um, and I mean, you know, putting a hundred bucks in into ad spend, getting three hundred back out. Because if we do that, we're growing and we're profiting simultaneously. Makes um, sense. And it makes no sense, right? Um, yeah. If you're not getting that, you know, not to say it's a horrible thing, but it may be best just to stick to word of mouth. Um, so yeah, that's always my like little two cents there on the marketing world. Is because uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram are definitely hitting the hardest right now. But yeah. sometimes it's a matter of. Owners don't always have the 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 money or bandwidth to go in research and trial and error, trial and error. You know what I mean? And it's hard. It's exhausting. Um, it's exhausting. I totally yeah. get. I get it. I, I do. I do. Yeah. So um, and I want I want to pick your brain on this. We're at twenty four members. If you could wave a magic wand right now, if <laughs> you're at your ideal clientele count. What would that look like? And even if it sounds off the wall, where would you like to be as far as members?
2: I would love to be anywhere between the 75 and 100 mark, um, but I would need a bigger space for that. Um, yeah. Like I said, I do have a full-time job other than this. So, you know, my time is, you know, limited as well. Um, ideally, I would want to do this full-time and I would yeah. need the space and the clientele to do that. So, right, you know, to if, Right now, at least to even double the membership and keep doing the way I'm doing it would be great. Yeah. But it's long term, I want that's to long-term
1: goal. Yeah, yeah, and I think doubling for the situation you're in sounds like a pretty smart move, right? We're we're not full-time at the gym yet. That's a goal. We yeah. want to be right. But yeah. doubling it even, and I always say, I always tell people there's really one major way, well, there's three major ways to grow a business, and that's by getting more clients, of course getting them to spend more in some capacity Mm -hmm. and then keeping them longer. We want to keep them. Uh, And, you know, so the the getting them to spend more part is I think is one that's lost a lot. And you think about it, sometimes we're really focused on, let's just flood people in flood people in. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But what if we made the most of our existing member? What if we were able to upsell them into nutrition what if we were able to take them from group classes and upsell them into one-on-one? What Mm -hmm. if we were able to upsell them into supplements? So from there, we're, we're have, we have an additional revenue stream off of someone we already have, which takes the hunting part out of the way, right?
2: True. Very true. Yeah. Um, I like to keep, you know, my prices a little bit lower just because I have people that have been with me 10, 12 years. I used to travel to their homes and do this before I had a physical location. And I feel that if my prices are too high and they'll, you know, one, if they're not motivated enough or they feel um, something in their life comes up, right? They get out of the routine of it. They don't typically come back. Um, And I'm not saying I'm like super cheap to where I'm not making money, but um, I have people that'll come, they'll leave and they always come back no matter what, because one they can afford it right i'm not at 200 a month um, that some places are which is you know fine but i think having that affordable piece still though is key because they don't just blow it off i'm not the first expense they have to cut if something in life comes out you know what i mean they find a way to keep it in their lives because it is affordable and because they do get the benefit of working out
1: so, yeah, I, no, I hear, I hear you for sure on that. So I guess my question is, as we, as we grow <laughs> um, and so even just with that short-term growth to the 40, let's say 44, do we think that, I mean, I guess, are we opposed to ever increasing those prices? And I asked that because then it's not about just flooding people in anymore. Yeah. I mean, I guess my question is, do you feel like your services correlate value below $200? My question.
2: No, I don't. Um, and I do raise my prices every year, like um, February 1st, they're going up again, yep. you know, um, but it's not its not so extreme to where I feel they all say, nope, that's too much, I can't go anymore. You know what I mean? So I, I do do that every single year, but um, I don't know. I don't, I think my services are definitely worth it. Um, but again, I like the affordability piece, I, where we are. I I love-
1: you, I get it. You and a lot of other people have that same mindset for sure. And I think this is really, really, really important for the listeners to hear right now, um, is, you know, I, it's funny because I've talked to people on the podcast before that were like, man, I know I need to raise prices and I'm scared to, I'm scared that I'm going to lose the people that I, and it's hard. Um, yeah. And it's funny because I'll ask them, I'll be like, okay, so what, like, they're scared people will leave. And I'm like, well, what happened? I'm curious. The listeners seem to hear what happened. And they're like, well, none of them left.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and you know, and I hear this other little piece of it too, that's really interesting is some might leave, right? And Mm -hmm. it's interesting because the ones that typically leave are the ones that pay us the least amount of money Mm -hmm. and cause us the most headache, right? Yeah, true. It's almost like raising prices is a natural vetting process. Yeah. To, to keep the culture exactly the way that we want it. Right. So yeah, yeah and, and I've heard that before. And it's, and I also heard this like analogy the other day. It's kind of about um like me and like I'm I'm really scared to raise prices. What if people leave? And it was this mother duck in nature thing that I heard. This mm-hmm. this story okay you're the mother duck right and ultimately it's like oh man i gotta get all my ducks in a row and do all of these things before i raise prices or i have this fear that the ducks are not gonna follow me anymore once i raise prices yeah. it's funny because you're seen a mother duck in nature she never ever scrambles to get her ducks in a row ever all that she does is charge forward and they all follow
2: Mm-hmm.
1: you know, and, and I, I love to say that applies for a lot of things. And I love to say that because it's like, Hey, this, this is what's best for the business, for me to grow, for me to ultimately put back into you like this, is how I put back into you. Right.
2: I love if, that you say that. Cause a lot of them have said, you know, um, that they're never stopped coming. Like it is worth it to pay a little bit extra. And like you said, those are the ones that have stuck with me this whole time, you know, probably always will. Right. probably always will because they do see that they get so much out of it and it's not just what they get out of it from when I'm teaching them it's when they're all together like it's really become this huge community of like-minded people <laughs> yes.
1: and you know and you can probably agree that if you were to raise prices ever most of them would say hey I see why you're doing it I get why you're doing it you know what I mean and but it's still I get it, it's a scary thing that's one of the biggest things that most gym owners are scared to do and then They look back and they're like, man, should have done that sooner. What the heck? That was easy, right? Uh,
2: Well, our cost of living is always going up. And, you know, the cost of doing business is going up. Um, To be able to just stay open, you have to. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and, um, okay, so next thing I want to touch on here, I think that was really valuable for people to hear. So from, I guess, right now where we're standing, I love to ask this because this is also really beneficial for the listeners is. What's the current bottleneck we're we're experiencing in the business where we're like, man, like, I really got to get this cleared out of the way or it's going to hold me back a little bit?
2: Uh, Honestly, nothing right now. I mean, I think for me, just getting the people, more people in the door would be the only thing. Like, there's nothing... I've always just had the business sense of just go for it if, if it doesn't work i'm just going to be right where I started anyways I don't i'm not going to lose anything by just trying so I really haven't had any kind of fears or anything holding me back setting up this whole thing. I had no clue what I was doing in the beginning, I just knew I wanted to do it, and you know it's it's gotten me through this far, so the only thing I think is just um you know, and I've been growing a little bit, but probably not as much as, you know, I want, I want more.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it's not a matter of if you're going to get there. It's like, how do I maybe get there faster? You know, sometimes it's about like, let's just expedite this somehow. Right. But yeah. Okay, cool. So something else, I, I know I asked earlier the question of wave the magic wand as far as members go, right? But I'm going to ask this in the sense of, if we could again, wave that magic wand, maybe we have a genie in a bottle. This is our second wish. Um, what, you know, and what would the business look like, you know, as a whole, you know, not just we're at 7,500 members now, but the whole thing, what would that look like?
2: My dream, my biggest dream um, is to have other partners in there with me and have one whole uh, space where someone can come for their whole well being I would love a massage therapist, um, you know, maybe some kind of. um, I don't know if someone wants to do a Zumba class or something like that, or a chiropractor. You know just have everything in one spot one stop shop that's always been my dream Um, so eventually that having other trainers in there doing their thing being able to grow um, help them come up in the business as well so that's my dream
1: (laughs) yeah that's awesome and so let me ask you this right now um is are there gaps in the day where you could invite someone to come teach a zumba class on like within the times you're not there
3: I
2: have um, and they just couldn't get their clientele and their business going, unfortunately. And um, so I did have that. It just didn't work out. So I I don't know how else I could have helped them um, just because I don't feel like they put as much into the business as they should have. You know, and it's hard me trying to run my business and a full time job and my clients. And it's like, okay, this is your business. you got to put into it. And it wasn't the same type of personality as me. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: so I think matters. I, yeah. It matters to find someone that has, is aligned with vision and culture, just like you are. Um, and it'll come. Like that's, that's something I hear often as well is, man, like I just need a right-hand person, someone that can kind of maybe take on more classes or help with maybe more backend stuff or whatever it may be. Yeah. And it's like, you know, realistically, the harder part is finding a good employer. Not yeah. employees, you know they're out there. Like you think about yourself and how hungry and motivated you are. There's yeah. someone out there like that. Um, but it's hard to sometimes find a good employer that kind of uplifts and gives an opportunity that you would feel stupid saying no to, right? Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so it'll come for sure. But yeah. okay, cool. So one thing, Rhoda, that I would love for you to do is we kind of near the end of our time here is you know, tell the listeners something that you feel like you wish you would have heard in the beginning of this journey or something that you're like, man, if I would have, someone would have just taught me that or told me that I would be
2: here, you know? Um, you know, I think just, how do I say this? <laughs> Cause I do have, you know, people trying to tell me this all the time that, um, I, I, that they love everything that I offer, and that I am worth so much more. And I, I think for me, believing that um, is huge. i I tend to try and help everyone else other than helping myself first. And so really thinking of, you know what? I am offering top tier services. I am giving so much, but you know, knowing that worth and having that out there, kind of like what we've been talking about. Um, in the beginning, I definitely short sold myself for years and I'm playing catch up now. And I, I realize that, but it's, you know, how do I get there? Um, and yeah, so
1: yeah. yeah, yep. You're, you're totally right. And I think that's insanely valuable for people to hear is it is something out of the gates where it's like, well, we just want people, well, we want to help everyone. It's a pursuit of passion. So we, we lower things, you know, in order to you know and then we end up realizing man like i'm worth more than this the time the sweat the tears that i put into this is worth so much more than what i've offered people and so that's a great piece of advice for yeah definitely um and then rhoda where can they find you on social media website any anything yeah it's at
2: distinct physique um is on instagram so just put in distinct physique fitness into any social media or into google and you'll find my website so
1: (laughs) Alrighty, Awesome. And Rhoda, again, I want to thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you. It well, was fun having talking to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool. And Jim Lord, I hope you gained some value from today's episode. If you liked what you heard today, you can like and subscribe on all of your favorite listening platforms. If you want to take it a step further from there and be our next guest, please fill out the application form below. We would love to have you again, guys. It's Rhoda Mason out of Sacramento, California with Distinct Physique
0: You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are
3: in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of SOCF Fitness in Orlando, Florida, Guillermo Reyes. How are you doing today? am doing great, man. Awesome, man. Excited to have you on. Let's hop into it. Tell us what SOCF Fitness is all about. Man, it's
4: a fitness facility for everyone. You know I mean, just uh, kind of giving that functional fitness to several different programs that we offer there at the gym, um, just trying to bring the community together and give a home to somebody that's looking to, uh, like anything else, man, lose a little bit of weight, just find a friend, just come into a home where, you know, they get away from their everyday life with a job or from home just to get a away, you know, so definitely is something that we uh, we have a passion for. And then we have a lot of uh, staffing and coachings that um, truly are certified to be there and that help others to do exactly the same thing that we want for ourselves.
3: Fantastic. Fantastic. So give me a little bit of a background. Um, I know you told me off the air, you were in the hospitality industry uh, down there for a long time. How did you get to the point where you were, you know, you decided you
4: wanted to be a gym owner? What did that process look like for you? Yeah. So I worked in the hospitality industry for about 20 years um, with the same company. Um, I can tell you that fitness has always been a part of me. I've done a lot of sports growing up. Um, It was always initiative for me. It wasn't, um, it wasn't a strong suit, more for my family. It was just a passion that I had. So, you know, going up, you know, everybody wants to be the football star, the soccer player, all that great stuff. I found wrestling. Wrestling was a passion for me. Um, it's what took me all the way through, um, middle school, high school. Um, and it's probably one of the best shapes I was in my life is when I wrestled. Um, you know, I remember getting to that point in life where I felt, the worst, but the best when I was on that, um, uh, when I was on the mat wrestling and I wanted something like that for my life. Once I got older, once I got into the industry, you know, hospitality, it's, it's an industry where you definitely can gain a lot of weight. Um, Cause you get, uh, when, once you start moving up the trenches and working up your management, moving all the way to the top structure and kind of being in, in the position where you're just running uh, a facility managers, uh, different locations, different hotel uh, portions of the operation that I ran, um, you know, everything is meetings, eating. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it can just take over your life because you're so focused in your goals and your family and your future. Um, I ended up wanting to do something very similar to what I did when I wrestled and I started off with uh, joining a boot camp, um here in the Kissimme- Kissimmee area. And I was able to, um, just kind of like start working my way back up. Realized that in boot camp, you can only run so much faster. You can only jump as much and do as many burpees as you can. Um, I started seeing individuals kind of using barbells and kind of incorporating that into our workouts and then et cetera, which that was fun. I tried a little bit of that and kind of just drifted away from the boot camp and kind of just went into a regular gym with a buddy of mine and kind of got into bodybuilding. Uh, Bodybuilding was one of the structures Guy, kind of, you know, helped me eat better, you know, lose a little bit of weight and, so, and say, hey, you know what, let's try and show. And I went through that process and I can tell you that that definitely wasn't for me. Uh, I can tell you eating boiled chicken and, and all these, you know, very healthy stuff. But I had to be really honest with myself and say, is this an everyday lifestyle uh, style for me? And um, honestly, it wasn't. At that point, got married, had a baby, you know, the whole story, you know how it goes, you know, you start losing a little bit of yourself and kind of went into CrossFit, Uh, found a CrossFit gym, went in there, you know, at that point, everybody, you already know the stories that CrossFit has, injuries and this and that and left and right. For me, it was just, let me get in there, let me try it, let me not go by anybody's word, you know, let me go by my own word. Went in there. Did a couple of workouts and I said, this is it. This is, this, is, this is kind of where I found a passion because I knew any type of workout, no matter what it was, all you had to do is add a little bit more weight, add a different skill set to it, and it just got a little bit harder and there was never an ending point. So finding that, I did that for a couple of years, went off, um, got my level one, started coaching at that facility. And, you know, kind of just did a couple of days while I still worked in the hospitality industry. Um, From there, I kind of just went off and said, hey, you know, this is probably something that I want to take on. Um, Only my own business, right? Only my own structure in helping others. And kind of that's, at that point, CrossFit was something that was drawn to me because it, the whole method of opening up a business, when I started investigating how everything, you know, worked, I'm like, you know, it's not a really high demand. It's as you go, you can develop, you can construct it, you can get equipment as you develop with more clients, et cetera. So that's how everything started from, um, functioning for myself and for my family. I made that drastic change in 2017. Um, I kind of just said leap of faith, left, my, uh, left the company I was working for. Of course, you know, I was able to save up because it's, uh, this was a goal of mine. Um, and I, I felt like me and my own boss, it was something that was going to be challenging. But at the same time, the limit is only as far as you put it. And that's what took me on. I went full-fledged. I already know, you know, there's there's certain stories that people say, you know, go in, like you said, part-time, the conversation we've had. And I kind of just said, you know, if I go part-time, I'm going to just let my job and the business you know, kind of take over me here and there and kind of get 50% of where I'm doing. And I already know how that story works. So I went in 100%. And so far, we're here five years later, man, and still still going strong. I feel like we're probably one of the, one of the strong gyms here in uh, Central Florida, in Orlando. And we're continuing growing. Um, the word of mouth and the unity that we've built already with our community is just going amazing. So that's kind of like a little bit of a nutshell all the way through, um, from where I started and where we're at today.
3: Awesome, man. Awesome. What a really cool story. And I appreciate you sharing. One of the things that I want to ask, um, you have a business partner now, correct? Yes. And have you guys been partners since day one, or is that something that happened after you opened? No, since day one, since day, since day one. one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, Is it somebody who you were friends with? Is somebody who you worked out with? It is someone who was a a coach? How did you decide, you know, this person was going to make a good business partner? Because picking the wrong partner can be a death wish in any business, but especially in something like a fitness business where, you know, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity for overlap. There's personality clashes, there can be clicks. So how did you feel like uh, your
4: partner was the right person? So, I mean, I've met this person at the other facility that I was working at or, you know, coaching at. And um, i known of him, heard of him in, in a way where it was a lot of positive things. And when I decided to move on, um, I didn't want to in, introduce my first obstacle in business with family. Um, and, and, I, and I say this because I already know where that can go. Um, but sometimes doing business or family can be a little rough. Um, you, you want to, you want to think that everything is always positive and you want to think that everything's going to go the right way, but sometimes it's just you wanting to do what is right for yourself and you're going to learn. And if something wrong happens or, you know, to this day, luckily everything's been positive. We, I didn't want to make sure that nothing led in bad terms. So I reached out to this gentleman and I said hey his name is Rob um, my business partner and I said hey you know I'm thinking about doing this this is my passion this is what I want to do 100 percent this is my goals these are my plans this is kind of my outline of what I'm looking for I had already a structure of what I had you know mentally and I said are you willing to jump on board with me and he's like you know what I already know you as a individual. I know you as a person. I know where you you know kind of come from and what you've done already, where you've worked at, and you know let's sit down and kind of go over numbers. And that's what we did. We went over numbers. We sat down, and then from that part, uh, from that part, we sat down with our landlord and kind of structure that out. We just fix it all up and kind of just he became. He was. He's. He's not a coach. He's more of a. I think best terms more like a silent partner, but he's involved. He's, he's at the gym. He, he's not a coach. He's um, he, he has a disability, which he's deaf, um, but he has ear and AIDS. So he can still hear you. He talks sign language. He works for, um, for a company that actually he does sign language in four, Um, when they got like seminars and stuff like that. So we were able to connect very well. And um, you know, he, he knows in a way where I run the operations, I kind of run the day-to-day business. So I kind of just, he's kind of the fallback guy. he just like sits back and just kind of like worries about, you know, the things that need to be done and kind of just say, Hey, you know, it's more like a friendship more than a business partner. Um, he just says, Hey man, whatever you need, listen, you, you do, you, you run the business, you run the operations and whatever you need for me, just let me know. And that's kind of like the relationship we have. So it's, so it's, he's there, but it's not like I'm dealing with a partner where it's what I say, you say type deal.
3: Got it. Got it. So lots of thought went into that. Not something that you just jumped into. Um, And here we are five years later, it's working. So definitely something to that formula. So I want to spend just a minute or two on execution just because, um, you know, we have a couple of other things to get to. Uh, You basically, your SOCF fitness, but for, from the outside looking in, a lot of your execution fulfillment looks like CrossFit. You were a former affiliate. So just give me a quick rundown of the services you offer, you know, how you're offering them, you know, what what kind of day-to-day
4: operations look like. OK, perfect. Yeah, we were an affiliate uh, for about three years, um, of course. And then after the pandemic, we kind of just uh, shifted to just being a fitness center. Um, so our operations kind of run similar. Um, it, it, nothing really changed. We person comes in, you know, we give them uh, a tour, kind of just show them the facility, explain to them our membership pricing. Um, our classes are coach led. So, I mean, all the classes are an hour long. Um, so we got functional fitness classes, uh, we offer barbell um, programming classes, we are, uh, offer functional bodybuilding classes, um, we have personal training, we offer kids uh, kids fit class, um, we also have an adaptive program. Um, I, I want to say that we uh, took that on as well within our first year, um, contributing with Orlando Health. Um, there are the... the The facility that we actually were able to get a contract with to actually let that um, grow and now we can say that we've expanded that um, adaptive programming as well to other gyms in the Central Florida um, locations as well not personally owned by myself just other gym owners that I'm very good and know them very well and they have the facility that they're able to hold um, with all the requirements that they need um, to have an adaptive program. and I think that is about it for right now. Um, we do have also open gym um, hours in our facility, So we're trying to be a little bit more well-rounded um, as more of a fitness center that has, you know, different programmings that are all coach-led. So that's kind of like our, our method, you know. And, you know, it doesn't you don't have to like CrossFit or functional fitness. You can come in and say, hey, I just want to become a weightlifter. Hey, I just want to just... I just want to look great, you know, when I get out of the shower. And, hey, you know, I want to have the physique. And we have those kind of classes as well, which is our functional bodybuilding. Um, also, we do have a boot camp. That's one thing I uh, left out. We have a boot camp class as well. So we offer a lot of variety of stuff for people that are want to kind of get away from the day-to-day, um, going to different, you know, global gyms and kind of just having somebody to push them um, away from, you know, maybe a personal training aspect, because um, I know sometimes that can be a little bit um, as expensive as well. I mean, but, you know, we just try to give whatever and any kind of um, accommodations we can so we can continue to drift people into our facility. Awesome. Man. So
3: you have you have a lot of a lot of uh, different programs, a lot of different offerings, revenue streams, different things to attract you, people into the gym. Um, and you have something else on the horizon. You are in the works of eventually becoming a twenty four hour access facility also. So I'm interested to hear from you what drew you to that. Um, I know it's convenient for members, but how does it make sense for you as a revenue stream, um, a differentiating factor, or something to attract people? And you know, what have been the pros and cons for you? And what do you feel like you need to have in place in order to actually take the leap and do it?
4: So, I mean, we've uh, reached out to different companies that offer 24-axis. Um, we know a good amount of stuff that we need to do to our facility to make it a 24-axis gym. Um, and what draws to us is just, I hear it all the time, being, a, being in hospitality I know how it works. I know that people, you know, their schedules and midday schedules can be starting at 10 a.m., getting off at 8 p.m. You know, a lot of our time structures are either six in the morning or five in the morning for certain gyms. As for us, we start at six in the morning. You know, people are not gonna wake up that early. And our last class offering is about 7.30 p.m. By the time they got to work, by the time they come in, they miss class. So it's drawn for a 24 hour access because they sometimes want to just be on their own, have a open gym type facility that you can probably not do at a regular global gym and giving them that opportunity to make sure that, hey, here we are, we're a 24 access gym that you can come into at any given time. The program will be up. We'll have videos that will be up to explain the movements um, you do have televisions around the gym, and and to just be more of a, you just got to come in and just um, do yourself and just take your time and no worries about anybody trying to, you know, rush you or you have one hour to do it. You can come in, stretch, do yourself, get the workout in, and you know, out you go. Um, but at the same time, you know, our goal is to just give people the access to do that and that's the common goal here is just the more the more that we can offer you know why shut yourself short why just say hey we're just doing classes in done deal we're going to open and close the door I feel like there's another revenue when it comes to that um, I will never put anybody like myself or any of my coaches to say hey you're in the a class at one in the morning they'll probably look at me and say hey I think you're a little crazy but at least having that access for them to do it, maybe have, um, like I said, recordings and stuff like that to explain the workouts. That's kind of the, the end factor for us. And that's kind of a goal for myself and for the team.
3: Fantastic. And and that's one of those things that I think is going to be a next wave, next level, um, add on that you can give, you know, everybody says, all right, 24, seven access. So, People can just come and do whatever they want. They can do their own thing, their extra programming, their, you know, whatever they buy online for program and not interfere with classes. But having recorded every, or so many people are recording workouts now, still doing Zoom workouts, still having this library. It's not the same as having coaching in person, but it is, it's, it bridges the gap between come in and do your own thing at one o'clock in the morning and, hey, I read this, maybe I saw a video, you know, whatever, but I wanna see how our coaches show us how to do it, show us the scaling options and to be able to come in and whether that's on loop or on demand or whatever way that you fulfill it, showing something above and beyond, just come in and do your own thing, I think adds even more value. So I love that idea. And I think we're gonna see hopefully more gyms implementing that to give more value to their clients over time. Of course. Awesome, man. So last thing I think we're going to have time to cover here um, before we run out today, we're uh, we're killing it is you do eventually at some point have a plan where you'd like to spread out across the Orlando area, be able to impact more people uh, serve the community, you know, orange County a little bit better Um, for you what things do you feel like you're going to need to have in place before you go and take the plunge into location number two?
4: So that's, um, that's definitely a goal. Um, We're looking hopefully that within another year or so. Um, But the biggest plan is making sure that you don't rush into things. And, And one of the things that I always go by is really knowing the ability of duplicating yourself or the trust factor? And that's always the question mark, right? Is can you trust somebody else to run your business um, development stages? So we have a great team. I have uh, a lot of great coaches. Uh, a lot of the coaches have been with me since day one. Um, you know, if you have expanded and kind of went their way to, you know, go into, other places that are going to offer them a little bit more. And and that's great because I want always somebody to, you know, expand and, and do better. Um, but at the same time, there is coaches in there that are, are willing to take on the challenge. And that's kind of one of the things that um kind of drew to me and say, hey, if those coaches can take on the challenge, why not as a business owner look at it in the outskirts and say, hey. How about you either can become like what we call a general manager or a manager of the facility or look into opening up doors and percentages into your business, and kind of say, hey, you know, this is how it works. This is what we're in kind of. I've always been a very open door type of person where I'm like, hey, if I, you want me to share some stuff with you, this is kind of kind of how it works. So I think that location 2 won't be possibly as big as the first location that we have, which is currently now, but it's going to offer definitely the same quality that we're giving. And it's just kind of uh, just like self-run compared to in a corporation. Um, you know, you give the touches that you like and, you know, the goal is to always give that attention to detail. And I think that that's something that has separated a lot of us from other gyms is the attention to details um, kind of giving the athletes or the members um, the equipment needed, you know, to, to execute whatever goals they want or to also push yourself to always challenging yourself to not just get comfortable. Comfortability is I think one of the things that stop a lot of people from that moving forward. And I think that that's, I've probably caught myself there a couple of times and say, Hey, this gym is running great. This is this is exactly where we want it to be. But then you get to a point where it's like, no, it's not where you want to be. That's not the goals that you set yourself up. And I think that it's important for anybody to have 90 day goals, to have six month goals, to have yearly goals, to have a five year goal, to have an outline that you're always striving. It's the same way with your business. If you keep the same gym equipment for the five for five years and you're never replenishing or you're never upgrading. People get tired of that. People feel like their membership it's enough, which is not enough. You're paying for a service. But as an owner, you got to sit back and say, hey, if you're here, would you want to be here? Are you excited five years later being at your facility? And that's kind of the way I run it. I sit back. I'm at the gym. I sit back. And as an owner, I can tell you one of the strongest things that I do is I sit back and I look at athletes maneuver, how they kind of fluctuate around the gym and say, hey, you know what? We need to switch things around. If we want our barber club and our functional fitness class when at the same time, but they need to use this type of equipment, then we need to make some adjustments to make it a more safe environment. And guess what? We need to add more. And that's kind of one of the things that have made us grow a lot more. Beyond what we do, I think that, that it, you kind of don't want to make the same mistakes in facility number two. Or in facility number three and learn from the mistakes that you've done from day one and kind of incorporate that and working around with our local business. Um, because I am a small business owner, I support a lot of our small business, um, own, ownership, which is more like, uh, there's a company out here that we use a lot, which is called Valor Fitness. Um, and they're a, they're, um, they, give you pretty much everything. They have everything to offer. Um, And I support that company a lot because they not only sell great equipment, but at the same time, we were able to build a connection where if there is another location, guess what? I can purchase everything that I need for my gym through them. And those are, for me, relationships mean a lot, you know, um, when it comes to small business owners and kind of just talk to them and say, hey, this is where we can go together. You know, whether they see your vision or not, you know, I, I guess sometimes it's in that not just talking about it and just getting it done. And that's kind of like what our goal is for location two is the continuing of building the relationships. Don't repeat the mistakes that you did in, in, in your first location and kind of just already implement the outline that you had for the past, however long you've been open. For us, it's been five years. So there's a lot of do's and don'ts and we're going to continue moving forward with that.
3: Man, you really... Uh, I- There isn't anything that you've put out there that you have as a goal or a project that it isn't very obvious that you've put a lot of thought into it. You're trying to dot all your I's, cross all your T's. You can never be 100% prepared, right? There's things that the world throws at us, pandemic, things like that, that you could never be prepared for. But it certainly sounds like you're not doing anything on a whim. You're not flying blind. You're not getting shiny object syndrome and just doing the next thing. It's how do I put this in place? How do I do it to a standard that I'm going to feel comfortable with? And if I can't, if I don't feel like I can do this for a day or for, or if I don't feel like I can do this for 10 years, I'm not going to do it for a day. Like Mm -hmm. everything, you know, you're, you're working through these things before you put it into place. And that's probably saving you Um, some of the trial and error trial by fire that we hear a lot so kudos to you for really trying to have as much of a grasp on something as you can and planning it out as as much as possible i i really appreciate that all right thank you (laughs) awesome man so we are just about out of time last thing i'm going to ask you this is going to be an easy one Before we let you go, if people want to find you, what's the website? What's the social media? Where can people find more of you and SOCF Fitness?
4: Yeah, I mean, SOCFFitness.com is our website. Um, You can go in there. All our social media links are on there. SOCF Fitness through Facebook, SOCF underscore fitness on IG. Myself, it's Guillermo J. Reyes on social media. Um, you know, I mean, guys, if you're in the Orlando area, whether you're out in another Crossroads Living, come by, check us out. We're right dead smack in central Florida near all the attractions, um, closest to SeaWorld. So anything you guys need, please come check us out. We're always there.
3: Awesome, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on. It's been a blast. Um, this, this is great. Hope to talk to you again sometime in the future.
4: All right. Thank you, Dominic.
3: You're welcome, sir. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value in this episode. And if you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
5: Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today and I'm here with Pablo from Canon Mind Fitness in Colorado. What's up, Pablo? How are you today?
6: What's up, Bree? It's gorgeous. We're just waiting on a little six-inch snowstorm, so I'm getting the sleds out ready. And <laughs> I told my athletes this morning, I said, listen, if in the morning you can't get out of your driveway, you know my number, I'll come pick you up in the Jeep and we're still going to have a workout. So there we go. a good day.
5: <laughs> awesome. Love to hear that. All righty. So Let's jump right into the details here. Lots of good stuff to talk about today. So what is it that made you want to own your own facility? How did you get started?
6: Yeah, I mean, I uh, we will go back to the, the beginnings of the story. And we'll recap super quick. I mean, in high school, yeah. I found CrossFit as a student. And I, at the time, was running a nonprofit to help kids out and teach them lessons that I learned in my life. And I was like, well, hey, fitness is huge people should be fit, especially after they leave their like parents' house. And most of us didn't know what to eat or what to do to stay healthy. And so I was like, well, let me try this CrossFit thing and experience what that's like to write a review on it. I was hooked after a month and I really connected well with the gym owner and it just, it blended well with my desire to help people and my, my, all my, my want to be healthy and teach people that. And so from then on, I just coached full-time right out of high school while working in college and then got the opportunity to be a general manager took the next step. And then from there, moved on to Colorado, became another general manager at another gym. And throughout all those transitions, the biggest thing was helping people. The impact a coach is able to make on a person's life is insane. And it's the little stuff. It's believing them. It's in saying hi. It's in remembering their name. It's in remembering, Hey, how was your your day yesterday that was stressful you were telling me about? And I think that connection is something that I've recognized as humans. We seem to miss like, and, and a gym can provide that because there's no, you know, you're, you're, you're all on the same baseline. We're all here to get better. And so I think that when I recognize that in myself of how important it was for me to be in a space that accepted me and believed in me and helped me succeed in other areas that I wanted to pass that along to other people.
5: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a a really great point to make as far as, you know, just kind of being there for people and providing them with something that they truly need in their life, whether, I mean, that comes through fitness, but then also just the the community aspect of it as well is huge. So now what does your business model currently look like? How are you structuring things within the business? So we're doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones. What does that look like?
6: Yeah. I mean, the, the best way to put it and I kind of say this in my sales call. This is the easiest way to explain what we do. It's personal training in a small private group setting at a fraction of the cost.
0: Mm -hmm.
6: And it's something I've kind of been working on to put it in one word to really describe what we do. Um, Because it's not just a class because we're teaching people how to move forward, not just a $5 class. I think that levels up their level of perspective on the value and People, for the most part, want that level of private attention from personal training, but they can't pay the $75 five days a week or three days a week price long-term. And so I think it already puts into their mind, oh, great, I'm getting that level of expectation of value at a cheaper rate with a small private group of people. And especially coming from COVID, that Mm -hmm. part made a big difference. The classes are controlled. I tell everyone, listen, no one can just come in here and come to the gym. You have to have signed up already, be registered, and have all these procedures in place to make sure that people in the gym are the right people. For, right. for my service and for them too, because if I can't provide them the help they need, there's no reason for me to take their money. And I think that's been a big right. transition is finding the right group of people and, and growing from there.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a really good point to make and we'll get into marketing momentarily, but getting the right people in the door and not being afraid to really niche down and get specific about who it is that you want in your gym so that you can best serve those clients. Um, And that's something I think a lot of times kind of gets overlooked because people focus more on volume and just getting as many people in the door as they can, rather than just getting really good at serving a specific group of people.
6: Yeah. And I was in those shoes. I mean, I started owning a gym in 2018. I've been through different, you know, gym coaching companies, gym launch, a couple others. I've done it myself. I've hired people. And the biggest thing that I've learned from a lot of that is you have to find the right people, find the message, because when you do, everything is better. Your coaches, your staff, your systems are, are operating at a way better percentage because you know exactly who you're serving. Right. Um, and the expectation is also there. Like, Hey, I've already worked with a hundred people of your specific demographic. that's perfect.
5: Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you have the results to show for it, you know? Uh, so that helps for sure. So now how many clients are you serving or members within your facility
1: currently?
6: Yeah. Currently we restarted our facility in August of this past year. Uh, classic story. I owned the gym with a business owner with another co-partner and classic, like one screwed over the other and had to restart. You know, he took a couple months revenue equipment, members as a whole thing, uh, but it was the, the light at the tunnel that I needed because it compl- allowed me to restructure the entire gym from scratch, charging people what were worth applying a system that I knew was going to lead them to success and lead the gym to success as well. I mean, we were averaging maybe a 155, 165 monthly rate back then. Now, no one's getting into the gym before they pay $1,200 up front over the phone for the first three months and then transitioning to 225 a month. So right now from September, which we restarted till now, we just hit 30 members. Um, and the goal is to, by the end of this month, be at 45 to 50 members.
5: Awesome. All right. So I want to break this down a little bit for the listeners because you saying they're paying $1,200 before they come in over the phone before they even walk they in don't the, see the gym. Them. Yes. That's and that's amazing. something
6: that's huge. That's, that's something I learned. I, don't, I honestly can't remember where I caught that from, but it must've been another business coach that said the more distractions, the worse. When yeah. someone walks into your gym, they see your face, they see who you are, they see the facility, they see weights or no weights, they see a, a barbell or no barbell, they have already so many stimulus coming their way that has nothing to do with their goal. And when I understood that, I was like, wow, I don't need them to come to the gym because they're going to either want a free session, they're going to be like, oh, we're going to use weights, I don't like barbells. And they're going to have all these excuses that at the end of the day, as a coach, I already have the answer to, but it adds, um, what would you call it, it adds Bumps in the road, right? Speed bumps to the road of me just getting to their goal and giving them a solution to their goal. So I've transitioned from Zoom calls. We used to do Zoom calls back in COVID to do the sales call. And that would also not work out as well because not everyone downloaded Zoom. Technology and video just doesn't work out. So we just did phone calls. And now people have a qualification process to even get to the phone call. Because I realized, I didn't have this before, that it was a complete waste of time to have people just scheduled as a phone call without any sort of understanding for what the program does, for them having any understanding that I can actually help them, that I care, that it's a real person, that it's not a robot, um, that I'm already invested in them. So they go through a text message qualification. Once they've already answered that, yes, they're willing to commit to 30 to 90 days of training, that yes, they're willing to put the time, money and effort, because if they're not willing to put those three things and say yes, then it's kind of a wasted lead. Uh, And that they live within 20 minutes of my gym. Because if you live outside of that, more than likely there's a ton of gyms around you and you're not gonna stay long-term. And so if the answer yes to all those qualifying questions, they move on to the phone call and now I've already know their story, I know their goal. I can just listen to them. I can just let them tell me what's going on in their lives and be an open ear. And when you do that, you're no longer selling them, you are listening to what they need, and then presenting the solution once they've already told you what they need. And that has turned out to be a way better sales process than just like a ton of leads, schedule a phone call, have a ton of people that don't show up and your schedule is full of, you have no idea what the value in those leads. And so that has been a massive shift in the business since September.
5: Yes, absolutely. I love that. So it is literally the opposite of what most people think initially, you know, because there are so many facilities that are offering these low barrier front end offers just to get people in the doors. Um, you know, whether I did
6: did the same thing and it, it drove me mad. It, it burned me out. It made me hate coaching and, and sales and owning a gym to the point that one day I came home to my girlfriend and I was like, Hey, I'm done. And it wasn't until I got to that point that I decided, well, you need to build a gym that is going to serve the purpose. And what's the purpose? And once you figure that out, I think it's easier as a business owner to see what steps you need to take. Not every business owner needs to own 10 gyms or make $100,000 a month or have 10 employees or have a 20,000 square foot facility, right? If it doesn't serve the purpose of the gym owner and the life they want to live, then it, it's nothing. It's just a headache.
5: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it gets super frustrating because if you're not talking to people that are serious about their goals, that have specific things that they're looking to accomplish, and that's what it is that you want to do, it gets really frustrating because you're not having the conversations that you want to have, and you're not helping people in the way that you want to help them. So you're really not feeling fulfilled and you just end up feeling frustrated. And that's when you get to the point where it's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And you
6: get to a point where, you know, that, like LBOs, they get a lot of people in, but you know, those people aren't committed. And as a coach, like, cool money's fun. But like after a certain point of having to get new people all the time and Mm -hmm. re-put them through the process, learn their names, realize like, wow, I just wasted a month on them because they didn't come back because they just wanted the LBO. Right. It's like, well, if your, your purpose is to actually help, then that crushes the purpose. If the purpose is to make money, then I, I completely understand where like LBOs, massive volume of leads and all that stuff comes into play. I mean, I get an email once a week from like a, a business coaching service that says, Hey, are you willing to take 30 new members? I'm like, no, I don't yeah. want 30 new members. <laughs> I want two a week that pay $1,200 each person that stay for an entire year at minimum. And that's, I think a more sustainable approach for the gym I'm trying to build, which again is different for everyone.
5: Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And uh, one thing that I really love to talk about too is perceived value, you know, because people who are paying for those low barrier offers, whether it be a free offer, they're not paying anything, so they they really don't hold much value there, um, or, you know, whether it be like um a trial with a very low price point or whatever it is you know people don't value that very much it's like okay if i go
6: or even like i don't even do free sessions like no what's the point of you coming in to do just one workout it does nothing for you i know nothing about you and as a business i think it stops the flow of of progress by having these like little interruptions of people that aren't committed because now you're investing time and effort whether it's you or your coaches into people that aren't going to stick around for a long enough time to make a difference in your revenue
5: right yeah absolutely and those people who do pay for the services that do put that twelve hundred dollars up front they're committed you know they have specific they show goals. Up. exactly they show up for their sessions they work toward getting those results and that is a huge piece as far as the retention goes yeah because those people that come in that aren't really committed that don't ever get the results that they're looking for they typically don't stick around very long, maybe three months, if that, you know, if you're lucky. And then that's when you get into the situation where you're constantly chasing new people and having to get new people in the door. Whereas an offer like, like the one that you have in place, those people end up rolling into a, a monthly membership at 225 a month. So again, yeah. the value there, these people are really putting, people vote with their dollars, right? So it's like their training is important to them.
6: Well, you're training training their brain almost to also care about their health, right? Because we know that in today's economy, especially in the U S people are spending absurd amounts of money when we don't know what's going on. Right. Like people's savings rates are, are insane. The amount of money we have is stupid. And so, you know, people have the money, you know, people are spending on a frivolous consumer goods. And so By making it something of value, of high value, like $400 a month is not chump change. That's something that you do notice and you know that you're paying that. And it makes it important and it it relates to your health. And what I try to teach my athletes too, and this is huge, is like, I don't care about how much progress you make. I care that you come every single time you say you're going to come. I care that you do this and you build a lifestyle where it's no longer a question of, do I care about my health? It's no, yes, every day I do. And I think that also with the price makes it so much more of a lifestyle change which is what as coaches, we're trying to do at the end of the day, right? We're not trying to just help people lose 20 pounds. No. Anyone can do that. You can go into a sauna, you can go a bunch of do a cardio water diet, and you're good. There's 20 pounds, mm-hmm. but it jumps right back. There's no point in that. And that's what I tell my athletes all the time. I was like, listen, the immediate results don't matter. I want to see you hold this for a couple of years. I want to see you reach your result and be there. And that's also good for me as a gym, because if they reach those results. They know that who got them those results, Coach Pablo, the gym, they're going to stay long-term.
5: Right. Yes. They trust you. That's a big piece of it. Yeah. So what is it that kind of shifted in your mind to be able to shift things and go from those low barrier offers and those lower memberships to that higher ticket coaching program, essentially?
6: Yeah, I think it was two things. I think it was like my business coach almost forcing me to grow, right? Mm-hmm. Like in, in a lot of people's stories, like you can look at it as a bad or a good. And I think for me, that was a massive benefit because I dumped 15 members that were paying $135 a month and coming five days a week. They were abusing the system and they would never pay more. Right. So it started off with that, a big change in realizing like, listen, what gym do you want to run? Do you want to coach 200 people and make 10 grand a month? Or do you want to coach 50 people and make 10 grand a month? Mm-hmm. You want to make real change and connection or, or not? And have people constantly cycling. in, so I think it it took me just sitting down and realizing what sort of business and life I wanted to live and make the gym work for me. We're not open on the weekends. I used to think, and I was in this belief that I had to be open on Saturday because I came from like a CrossFit gym thing. And I always was open on Saturdays and it's the worst. It was the worst thing for me because no one wants to wake up on Saturday and coach other people. And you already do it five days a week. You want to go out and have and enjoy your freedom and enjoy your fitness. And that's what I'm also trying to teach my athletes is like, Hey, you, you're you here to live a better life, not to live at the gym. And so that goes into play with another realization, like, I don't need to be a slave to the gym or a slave to these members. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was up until September of this year. Yes. I realized the gym needs to serve me. Mm-hmm. The business needs to serve my life and obviously the business is going to help the people it helps, but it needs to also be good for my life and my, my experience. And I think once I did that, I was able to redraw the plan and say, cool, this is the growth we need. This is the budget. This is the process. This is why we don't let anyone come in without doing X, Y, Z, because it doesn't add value to my life long-term for what I'm trying to build. Right. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And that makes you a better coach as well. makes
6: me an amazing, better, a million times better coach because I appreciate them more. Because I know that they care about this. Um, people are showing up on time or before class instead of late. They text me, hey, coach, this is the food I had. And they, they do these extra things that other members before paying less wouldn't do. Um, it's a similar thing that I see. Like there's a, there's a competing gym, not really competing because the price range is super, is almost half our price, but I hear from athletes that go to that gym, the lack of attention, lack of like personalization and coaching. And so you see what it's like when you have a gym of low barrier entry, $150 a month with 20 people or more to a session. Um, the benefits of having more people are bring almost more drawbacks too. um, and so I think for me, I was trying to build a, to be a career gym owner operator, um, Whereas, you know, a lot of gym owners that I've met with or spoken to have a second career, have a second business, have a side hustle to make the ends meet because the actual business they want to be in doesn't create that life for them. And I think when I realized that I stopped looking at other gyms that had 300 members or whatever and started realizing, hey, you really only need 75, 100 people at this price point to be happy. You need one part time, maybe two. And you're good. And you're making the revenue and the profit, which is what mostly matters, right? Doesn't matter how much revenue you're making. If you're not making the profit you need, it's all about profit, right? And so those light switches just flipped in my head and I started redrawing the, you know, the sketchbook.
1: Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So many gym owners get into a position where they're working a hundred hours a week for themselves, making less money than they would working 40 hours for somebody else.
6: Anywhere. I mean, delivering like groceries, like you could, some people would make more doing that than being a gym owner. And and, you know, I've been there um, and there's a certain part as a gym owner that you have to like sustain the mud and the dirt and build from there. And I think that services like gym launch and realizing that you need to ask questions and learn is something I wrote down kind of while thinking about what I wanted to talk about was like coaches are great at coaching some of them are but they don't spend the time to develop the skill that's required to be a general manager or an owner. And that was me a couple of years ago, amazing coach, but I didn't realize there was a second set, a third set of skills that came along with every single upgrade. And if you wanted to actually be successful and not just take the next step because labels don't matter. It's like, well, you can be an owner and make nothing or you can make an owner and make enough money to support your lifestyle and be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a big switch.
5: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Taking the time to learn the necessary skills. And I think initially a lot of people just don't even know what those skills
6: are. No. I think the perception is like you open the doors, people will come. Yes. I know that was the perception with like CrossFit affiliates back in the day, especially when you go to like the level ones, it was like, Hey, you open, people will come through the door. Um, And I mean, to be honest, my business partner, he started another CrossFit gym across the street. It's not going anywhere because there's no ads, there's no marketing, there's no business. It's just a, I don't know what to call it. It's just a a hobby. And I think that is maybe what some people fall into too, in this gym ownership world is like not realizing that it needs to be a career, not a hobby, right? Right. It needs to be something you, if you don't coach at five 30 in the morning, you need to be up at four in the morning, building the business, right? If you're lucky enough not to have to coach the morning sessions, you need to be working on building the business. You need to spend as much time as you did learning how to coach people in learning how to attract the right person so that way you can serve your purpose because i think as all as all coaches we want to help people it doesn't really matter who but it matters in the sense of the life you're willing to live right Mm -hmm. Uh, or wanting to live
5: right yeah absolutely now what were some of the limiting beliefs that you had initially that kind of held you back from getting to where you are today what were some of those things that you've had to kind of overcome along the way
6: Yeah. I think a big one is not believing in your service, not believing what you're providing. And a big part of that had to do with either the coaches I had or the business partner. I mean, he would show up late to sessions to coach. And when you know there there are holes in your system and your program upon delivery, then it becomes even harder to sell. Uh, And that's huge. Another one is knowing like your price. I knew that if I signed, as I did the 21 day challenge for a while, 21 days, 21 chat. And I knew that the $21 didn't matter. Like it wasn't enough value for me to care about the person because I knew that at $21 they're probably not going to show up or they're going to show up for a couple of days and then fall off the wagon and things like that. And so I think by charging what I know I'm worth and creating a system that I know is worth that value,
0: mm-hmm.
6: those two things gave me the confidence to be able to sell at the right price and then just listen um, and just listen.
5: Right. Yeah, because you have people sitting in front of you that are more serious about actually reaching the goals that they have, which is.
6: So you're more serious. You you believe in them more. You invest in them more. Uh, and that creates a better, better, I think, system along the way.
5: Absolutely. So you're telling me that people are willing to pay twelve hundred dollars for three months.
6: So here's a funny story. Ready? Um, I didn't start off at that price. I started off at nine hundred for three months. Okay. And my business coach actually said, Hey, just charge them, you know, by the week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, you know why? Because people aren't committed unless their dollar is there. Yes. And so, you know what I say to people, listen, and I start off $900. I'd say, cool, you can pay 900. You can either pay it in full and get 10% off, or you can split it in monthly payments. So you give them the option flexibility. That was awesome. And then I got like five sales in a row and I was like, wow, that's insane. Like, who, again, Never stepping foot in my gym. Yes. Never really seeing a picture of my gym because the funnel didn't have a picture of the gym. The ad didn't have a picture of the gym. If they wanted to search it, yeah, they could find it. But how many people actually do that? And in fact, some people do. Um, they found that, you know, some of our reviews said CrossFit and I was like, hey, we're not that anymore. But so I got a couple of sales at 900 and I was like, all right, let's see what 950 does. All right. A couple of sales at 950. Great. And so I kind of tested the market for a little bit and every four to five wins on the sale, I'd increase the price uh, until we landed on 1,200. And now that's working out great. And I think it's actually turning us, it's allowed me to create a offer that I'd love to like talk with you about and see what other gym owners uh, feel about this that incorporates the $1,200 like entry to the the gym, but incorporates a beat the challenge aspect to increase Mm -hmm. the leads that turn over. right? Um, and so and so here's what I was thinking. You still sell, paid in full three months, twelve hundred dollars. But if you beat the challenge, what happens is we roll that twelve hundred dollars over, over the next year. Yeah. So we give you a hundred dollars of gym credit every month, but obviously you have to pay the difference. Right. The difference being still what your prices are. So if my price right now is 225, I'm gonna bump it up to 325. The $100 discount will bring you back down to my normal rates. They'll feel like it's on a great discount. And now they're committed to 12 months after those first 12 weeks. And you haven't lost a cent Right. because my big issue with beat the challenge has been. I don't want to sign people up to then give them credit back because now I've wasted three months and I've decreased my profit margins for those six months when I know that I'm currently signing people at 1200 that are cool with paying that and not getting any of it back and continuing at the normal price right so then last night literally brainstorming the psychology behind beat the challenge why i feel like that is is negative for some gym owners and how to incorporate the whole 12 weeks 1200 and so that little snippet i wonder what gym owners think about that i'm going to start to put that into play into february and march into our ads copy into our funnels and see how that increases our conversion rate over funnels uh, and how those new leads interact over the phone how invested they are And how easy it is to explain, because like I was talking to a business coach, marketing guy, he's like, oh, dude, yeah, just beat the challenge. And you can explain it this way and this way. I'm like, dude, the more you have to explain about money and this not about their goal, the worse it is on your phone call. You need to make it simple and straightforward. And I'm very interested to see what this 12 week beat the challenge where you have to commit for those next 12 months looks like and how that works out, because that's what we're looking for people to commit for at least a year. Um, without having then to lose profit margin because you're giving them money back.
5: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, personally, I like the idea, especially just as a lead magnet, you know, just to get more people who would be interested. And because the thing that I love about a six week program, a 12 week program, you know, whatever it is, it gives you time to build a relationship with those clients, to get them results, to get them to trust you, um, to show them what it is that you're really about, for them to also become a part of the community. I think all of those things are so huge as far as retention goes and then sticking around for a long period of time. Um, and, you know, it's like getting people's attention is the number one thing as far as. The offers that you're putting out there. So I think that that's a great way to basically get more of what you're already doing.
6: Right, and, and then just get a, an even stronger commitment after those first three months uh, is huge. And then another way I think that's gonna be huge this year is hyper targeting. Like, yes, if you know your market, you know the neighborhoods that can afford you.
1: Yes,
5: you
6: know the neighborhoods that can't. Mm-hmm. You know where the hospital is in your town. So my next play is, hey. Ex hospital employees, like, like, X being the hospital name, right? Right. Um, we've worked with nurses and doctors in the past, we know how busy your schedule is. We've built a program specifically for you to succeed, and no longer just targeting, hey, we're looking for men, hey, we're looking for women, or hey, we're looking for men in this town at this age, because yeah, that's specific, but it's not hyper specific, and you can easily scroll through that. I mean, right? It's eyeballs, we're trying to get eyeballs, and so. That's kind of the next play to see how that increases our our leads and conversion is like hyper specific targeting. Hey neighborhood, hey Aspen Ridge residents, we're right across the street from you. Blah 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 blah. Whatever the rest of the copy has to say, right? Just really targeting the exact person and demographic that you know serves your purpose.
5: Yes, yes, a hundred percent. That's a huge, huge point to make. They're getting super, super specific, even more so, like you said, to targeting nurses and doctors. You know, sometimes you can do first responders or teachers or, you know, oh, whatever I mean, you can, it is. You
6: can put a pin right over of the firehouses of your town and you select that either they live there or they work there. And when they're on their phone, which most people are, they're going to see your ad and they're gonna like, well, I work at the firehouse. That's, that's for me.
5: Right. Yes, exactly. Now, so your advertising is mostly done through Facebook.
6: Yeah. So right now Facebook ads mainly, uh, and it's a very simple copy, simple black and white image. Um, and it's, it's converted pretty well so far. We're at like $2 and 50 cents per click, um, which is right in the middle ground where I'd like to be, especially yeah. for getting the right clients. Right. I could be at a lesser price if I throw in free in the, in the offer again, but you're going to that same territory. You're not finding the people you want. You're just throwing a massive net versus fishing with the right bait.
5: hmm Absolutely. Yes. And now, um, are there any other ways that you're getting people in the door other than Facebook advertising?
6: Yeah. I mean, a big one that's been working since September is significant others. So in the phone call, as I'm listening to their story and hearing what they're saying, I can already understand whether they're in a relationship or not, whether the person is also healthy or not. Most of the people already give me that information without even me asking. Yeah. So I try to tell them, Hey, listen, like, this is a lifestyle. This is a journey. And I want you and your partner to potentially be it together. So you guys can succeed long-term to support each other. Um, and so right now we have five couples signed up with their husband and wife. Um, and so that's one of the main ways we're using right now to market with the people we're already working with.
5: Yeah. That's a huge opportunity there because people are more successful if their significant other is doing the same thing that they're doing. Yeah. A lot of times people run into that issue where it's like one of them is trying to make a change to their health and then the other is not.
6: Yeah. And so if that person's bought in, the price also you don't get the excuse of I gotta ask my wife. Yeah, well, no, let's have your wife do it with you because both of you are 40 pounds overweight and you're gonna die. So let's help you together because you know the reality is the reality. And when you sit at that way, you're like, whoa, like this guy really wants to help me. He's not here just to, you know.
5: Right. Exactly. And do you offer like a couple's rate for that, or do you keep it separate? They both pay a hundred percent.
6: So I've always been torn on this. And back in the day, we used to give a pretty big discount, uh, but right now we, we don't, um, we give the, the same rate on the monthly. So once they graduate out of the three months, they go to the same monthly rate, but for their paid in full first three months, they do get a discount. Um, so yeah.
5: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, it gets tough when you get into the territory of, Discounts, you know.
6: So yeah, I mean, it's it's also hard. I mean, there has to be a structure, right? Like three days a week is your limit, or four days, or you know, having a structure to make sure that you're creating and maintaining profit as you're building the system with the people you're bringing in. Like a big one that I've always necessarily struggled with, but like it's I've always find funny. There's always people in this Colorado area that post on the Facebook groups, "Hey, I'm looking for a trainer," and within 30 minutes, you have. 40 plus comments it's absurd because everyone and their mother out here is a trainer and it's funny because a gym a gym member asked me because he saw the post that i said hey um you know i rarely post on them but sometimes i catch them and i'm like hey i own a gym what is your goal because everyone down here is going to say that they're the best but i'm going to ask you what you need because if i can be the best at coaching kids but if you're a 50 year old shit i'm not going to be the next to coaching you so right Uh, so anyways, the athlete asked me, he's like, dude, uh, so how have you, have you seen like any benefit from posting in those or not? I'm like, no man, because those people are not one, you're not targeting them. They're not seeing your ad over and over again. It's, it's just different. Same thing with like free drop-ins or host or like spending money to be at events. I mean, I think I've kind of learned that fitness is something that people are only ready for when they're ready for it. Like it's such a big change that people have to make in their head to care about themselves and care about their health enough to spend money on it, that like, you can't just sell to people that aren't ready. And like, yeah, right. that, that's why LBOs work really well. Cause you're selling to people that aren't that ready. So there's a low barrier to entry, right? And so hopefully the idea is you catch people with your skills so that way they can turn over, but working in the reverse, find the people that are ready, They're willing to put their money where their mouth is. And now you have a lot less tension and uh, traction as you're going through the process. It's just smoother sailing. It's not smooth, but it's smoother sailing.
5: Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's why it kills me when I hear people talking about going out to, which this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just not a huge ROI, um, going out to community events, you know, and spending, a whole day at a community event. Yeah. And it's I mean, like great
6: builders, right? Like you yes. want people to know about you in the community, right. but if you're in the position that you need to make money and grow your gym spending, you know, a couple hundred bucks to be posted up there or spending your whole weekend instead of planning ads and responding to people or making right. sales calls. Like, you know, I was in that boat too. I wanted to do it all. I wanted to sponsor baseball teams. I wanted to be at the community beer, beer event. I wanted to, Um, you know, all these things that I thought could potentially bring attention to the gym and then leads would find me. But at the end of the day, I think fitness is different than selling a product. Um, and so I changed it. You have to find the people that are ready. And, and then you do those things when you have the time, the income, the resources that allow you to not make that a like negative return on investment. You know, if like you spend your whole Saturday or Friday there and you're beat the whole week. And now you don't have a good sales week because of that. What's the ROI on that?
5: Right. Exactly. And people don't look at spending time as a resource necessarily, which is crazy because time is the only resource that you can't get back. You know, it took me
6: a while to learn that too. I mean, I used to meal prep every Sunday, eight hours, do the whole thing. We found a company out in Denver that makes it locally. They do it for us and our athletes. And now I tell people, listen, I've done the meal prep. You can do it too, or you can just order the food and yes. make it simple on your life and become consistent, which is the hardest thing for people to be
5: right. Right. And yeah, I mean, so many gym owners spend so much time on trying to acquire leads and they're just not getting a return on investment there, but then they just keep doing that over and over again because they think that that's going to help them grow. And it's like, how much time are you spending and how many people are you actually getting that are interested in what it is that you're doing? Sometimes I hear people standing outside of Costco and handing out flyers and it's like,
6: I've done it. I've I've gone around like a high school event with a little like poster card that said, Hey, come claim your free personal training session or free session or whatever. And I went around for hours just guess how many people called me? Three. The three people called me to say, Go screw yourself for putting something on my car. Thanks. And so you're like, all right, you know, and and, but I think it, it took. Me hitting the wall a bunch of times to realize what works, what doesn't. And for every business, it's going to be different. But I think Mm -hmm. for gyms in general, like finding the right market, like a, 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 uh, what do you call it? Anytime fitness is going to have a different target demographic and audience than I'm going to have hundred percent. So LBOs let's go. That's perfect because that's what they're after. And they're after volume. I have a 1400 square foot gym. I coach three hours a day and we, every person signs up at 1200 bucks. Nothing less. And so like that works out for that level of system. Right. right.
5: Mm-hmm. And that's an important piece to keep in mind as well. When we talk about other facilities and competing with other facilities, because they're not competition because the people that they are serving are completely different from the people that you are serving. Absolutely. And that's important to keep in mind. Like that's a different target market there. They are not competition. You don't have to lower yourself. No, you, you want, want them to, to, to take that. the
6: people yes. that are not willing to pay your prices because right. all those people will bog you down trying to get you to lower their price or make an adjustment or work your system around. Like someone's asking, why don't you coach on Saturdays? My simple response, you have the weekends off, right? Cool. I do too. And they're like, yeah, you're right. And that creates now a level of respect. I'm no longer your slave. I am yes. on equal parts to you. And I think that is huge coming from a coach because you're just heart. You're just wanting to help people. And as a business owner, you have to help people, but you have to make sure the business survives so you can keep helping people. And that's what I, I think was a hard lesson to learn too. You can't just own a business. You have to make sure the business survives to help the mission that you're trying to achieve, which is getting people healthier for life, not just you right. know, 21 days.
5: Yes, absolutely. If the doors aren't open, you're not helping anyone. So important to keep that in mind for sure. So now before we wrap up here, what are your main focuses within the business for 2022? Where are you directing most of your attention and energy for the new year?
6: Yeah, two parts. Um, The goal first is to bring on an admin to respond to text messages and continue with some of the tasks that I don't need to be doing anymore, that I need to more manage than be a part of. Mm -hmm. And two, recording my coaching process and documenting that because I've watched coaches coach. I rent the gym out to Camp Gladiator at night, um, and it's embarrassing, embarrassing how bad some coaches are, and they just don't even know it. And it, it hurts me because it hurts the people that are being coached. And so this year, there's two things. I want to take things off my plate so I can serve more people. But then two, I want to record my coaching process, how I coach people and not the workout, right? The workout is just an agenda. It's a baseline. Yes. When one person walks in, I'm coaching that person that day in that hour based on how they're feeling. And I want to document that so I can help coaches be better at coaching people because we all honestly need to do the same thing. We need to squat. We need to hip hinge. We need to lunge. We need to push press. Um, and pull, and we need to do core and like rotational work. It's pretty much the same for most people in general PPP or general physical preparedness, right? And so once you have that skill, coaching movement is is easy. You now need to understand how to coach people and get them to realize that this is a lifestyle thing. This is something that you just have to wake up in the morning and be like, cool, that's what I do. There's no if, ands, or buts. We don't ask ourselves if we brush our teeth in the morning and go do it. It's just a habit. And so I want to do a better part at recording the journey and telling the story and documenting that so more coaches can improve on that part of it. Um, Because I want to see coaches improve and hopefully get their athletes to improve too. I mean, it was embarrassing how I saw this camp gladiator class just coach a basic good morning. And I just wanted to close my eyes and cry. And I'm I'm going to tell them something when they're done, um, you know, renting the space, because as coaches, there's also a huge ego thing. And, you know, it's a thing. But it, it, it just showed me how much knowledge I've brought in for the last 10 years that I want to pass on um, because I'm nothing special. I graduated college with a political science degree, nothing with business, nothing with fitness. Um and started from the ground up and you know through all the trials and tribulations found my own route that I think other gym owners might appreciate, a level of freedom um, and success and helping people.
5: Right. Yeah, exactly. And the help that you provide to the trainers helps. The end users as well, and that's really why you got started in the first place. So the more people that you can help across the board, that's the whole reason you're doing this. So yeah, I
6: mean, if I can convince another gym to do better and charge their prices, yes, at what they should be, I mean, everyone's going to benefit from that.
5: Hundred percent, exactly. That's why I'm here, you know, to to open people's minds and and show them what's possible. And and speaking to people like you who have gone through that process as well and have completely transformed your life, and then also the lives of the people that you're serving, it's game-changing.
6: It, it really was, and when those pieces clicked, it, it brought back this massive sense of, like, if I had a million dollars in the bank, would I still be doing what I do? And 100% yes, because I yeah. built it up to satisfy my needs, the needs of my clients, and make it sustainable for long-term growth. Right,
5: right, 100%, I love that. All right, so now, where can the listeners find you on social media?
6: Yeah, I mean, pretty simple. If you want to find the gym, Canon Mind Fitness. Although I post mostly on my page uh, if you want to learn more about like owner stuff and, and stuff like that, unless you're local to Colorado, follow us the gym, uh, but just Pablo De Monte.
3: Awesome.
6: Everywhere. along. And uh, if you guys did hear the part about that 12 week and the 12 month idea and you're an owner and you want to run that or run it by me and see what you guys think, I'd love to see who wants to experiment with me on that road and see if that's a really good conversion method to keep people at a really good profit margin at a good service level for an entire year. Uh, Cause I'm excited to launch that on my own here in February and March and let and see what you guys think about it.
5: Definitely, love that. Any high ticket gym owners out there who are willing to uh, try that or, or run some feedback or you know kind of connect on that, definitely. Yeah,
6: gain some perspective and then open the door to see what you guys think.
5: For sure. Awesome. So Pablo from Canon Mind Fitness in Colorado. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's been so great having you on the show today. I appreciate it.
6: Thank you so much, Bree.
5: Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.